We thank you for that song, and that song certainly has spoken to us through the years, and it speaks to us again today. If you have your Bibles with you and like to read along with me, I ask you would turn to Luke, the sixth chapter, verses 27 through 36. While you're doing that, let me say that uh, Sunday school starts on the 16th, I think I said next week. Uh, Mother's Day is next week, and we will honor our mothers next Sunday uh, in both of our services, and we, as we have done uh, traditionally, we've honored the oldest mother, so we will be doing that in our service next week. But on the 16th, we'll be starting back Sunday school. Reading from Luke, the sixth chapter, beginning of verse 27. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes off your coat, do not withhold your uh, shirt from them. Give to everyone who asked you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who good do, good do to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High God, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. May God bless the reading and hearing and understanding of His precious and holy Word. When is the hurting going to stop? Is... Anybody here this morning or listens to my voice that has not been hurt and sometimes hurt very deeply by words, by actions, by people's intentions, have we as individuals, as people of faith, have we done it intentionally, unintentionally, by mistake, hurt other people? by sometimes even our silence. I remember as I announced at 16 years of age in my home church that I had been called into the ministry and I went off to Gardner-Webb. I had a baseball coach that had coached me when I was much younger and uh, he had called me one day and I went by to see him at his workplace and he said, I'm glad you're going to the ministry but he said, I've got to tell you something. I don't know about that passage there in Luke 6, 27 through 36. Now, do you hear those words? We may find ourselves saying, well, you know, Jesus, I, I, I know that you're the Son of God and that you're the Messiah, and, but I, I'm not on your level. 
I can't do that. That seems absolutely impossible to me. And we talked about that. He actually told me if somebody hit me on one cheek, I may hit them right back on the other cheek and knock them over in the corner. But I want you to hear this this morning. I think this is the Word of God that is piercing to all of us, every single one of us. And our minds may go to somebody else, and that's okay. But I hope at some point in this sermon that it goes to us, that we hear that personally, that we take responsibility for who we are in this world in which we live in. John Maxwell has said this, Hurting people hurt people. A father and his son were walking together in the woods and came upon an animal that had been caught in a hunter's trap. The little boy went to be able to rescue the animal and take him out of the trap, and his father said, hold on just a minute. Be very careful in taking him out of the trap because a wounded animal sometimes can strike back at you and bite you, even those people who are trying sometimes to help you, we find ourselves also snapping back at, striking at, biting ourselves. What's true of animals is true of people. Hurting people hurt people. We've all seen parents and grandparents who were under tremendous stress that they strike out at sometimes the people they love the most, their children. Hurting people hurt people. Parents take out uh, on their children what has happened at work that particular day. Religious people uh, with their own personal fears and flaws and holdbacks that they have in their life, uh, they find themselves even hurting other Christians. Husbands and wives who pledge to be committed all their life and to love one another completely find themselves abusing and hurting and offending one another. Sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's verbal, sometimes it's just by the way that we act. There is a story that you may have heard before. Uh, one of the preachers I I've read, and still there's a lot of stuff published by him, Dr. Fred Craddock, tells wonderful stories, and he tells about an incident that happened to him while he was on vacation. He was there in East Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains, and he was eating at a place called the Black Bear Inn, which was a restaurant there. Had a beautiful view as the windows were open on one side, and he was there, he and his wife, just celebrating God's beauty and what he created. And all of a sudden, there was a man in his 80s who came up to him and said, Hey, how are you doing today? You're on vacation? And he thought the man owned uh, this restaurant to start with. And he said, uh, Yeah, we're on vacation. He said, Where are you from? Well, at this point, Fred was thinking, It's really none of your business, and we're just enjoying this beautiful scenery. And why don't you just sort of move on? But he didn't say that. But he responded, Oklahoma. And the man said, Oklahoma, I've never been there before. He said, yeah, I was born in Oklahoma. 
Craddock was becoming a little impatient with this intruder. What do you do? The man asked, he said, well, I teach at a seminary. And Craddock responded to him uh, pretty snappy. He said, oh, uh, you teach preachers, huh? And he said, yeah, I teach preachers. He said, well, I've got a story about a preacher. And inwardly, Craddock said, oh, my goodness, everybody's got a story about a preacher. I'm going to have to listen to the same old story that I've heard before a thousand times. And the old man said, I was born back in these mountains. My mother was not married, and the reproach that fell upon her fell upon me. The children at school had a name for me, and it hurt. It hurt very much. And at recess time, I would go and hide in the weeds till it was over with. At lunchtime, I would take my lunch and hide behind a tree because they would always call me names. When I went to town with my mother, men and women would stare at her and then at me. I knew they were trying to guess who I was. Ooh, it was a painful time in my life. He said, I guess it was around the 7th or 8th grade that I decided I'd go to church and I would sneak in late and I would leave as soon as the service was over. As soon as the sermon was through, I would leave. He said, I remember that pastor. He frightened me in one way. He had this loud, thunderous voice. In another way, he sort of attracted me to himself. He said he wore a claw hammer tailcoat a striped set of trousers, and a face that looked like it had been quarried out of the mountain. He said, as I went that day again, I was afraid somebody would say something to me like, what's a boy like you doing in church? So again, I went in for the sermon and rushed out as quickly as I could. He said, I wondered, oh, well, somebody's going to speak to me before I can get out of here. And lo and behold, some of the ladies had crowded up the aisle and I wasn't able to get out as quick as I wanted to. And I felt this touch on my shoulder and I looked up and here was the preacher with this beard hanging forth, looking at me and speaking to me. And he said to him, How you doing, young man? Uh, the minister started uh, staring at him and speaking just a few words of really not much. And, and then he said, uh, well, boy, I'm glad you're here, but you're a, you're a, you're a child of, um, you're a child of God. And he tapped him on the bottom and he said, go and claim your inheritance, boy. Which makes you think that that preacher knew who he was. He knew what was being said about him. He knew what he had to overcome. And he had come to this service to worship God. And he wanted him to be a child of the king. That all of us were now on level ground
that all of us came to know the Lord in the same manner. Craddock said he looked at this old man who had been talking to him. And he said, what's your name? This older gentleman said, Ben Hooper. Ben Hooper. Ben, Ben Hooper. Craddock thought to himself and he suddenly came to realize that his father had talked about a Ben Hooper who had served two terms as governor for the state of Tennessee. who had been born in a difficult situation to an unwed mother, but had been able to achieve great things. What a grand ending to a story that could have turned out much differently. Even religious people, hear me this morning, even religious people can be mean-spirited and cruel to one another. We know it's true. Hurting people can hurt people. Then we come to the words of Jesus. Love your enemies, do good to them who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who despitefully use you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, offer also the other. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful, and judge not, and you will not be judged. Why do we find it so hard to be like that? Why do we feel the need to strike out and to hurt other people, whether they are our children or our spouse or next-door neighbor or someone that we just know as an acquaintance? Someone whose lifestyle sometimes is deplorable by our standards. We can't just live and let live, it seems. Why do we utter such hurtful words to or about another human being? And why do other people sometimes, those closest to us oftentimes, those that we would say, yeah, I really love those people, that we end up hurting the most? Hurting people hurt others. When are you going to stop hurting? We need to recognize, first of all, that people who hurt us, they themselves have hurts that are causing them to act in ways that they never would otherwise do. And most of the time, listen to me this morning, most of the time, People don't even realize what's going on inside of them. When we encounter someone who is lashing out at other people, undeserved anger and frustration and bitterness, we need to ask, what could be going on in their lives that would be causing them to behave in such a manner? read part of that book before and I finished reading it this week, Joyce Landorf. She's written many wonderful books. I mentioned one of her books about a year ago called Balcony People. She's also written a book called Irregular People. 
It's a term she came up with. It's those people who, they have difficulty interacting. We don't get the response from them that we expect. They can say things in such a tone and manner that can cut to their very core. They can act sometimes through words or actions, but sometimes through silence. It says to us, I don't respect you, I don't care about you, you don't really matter. You know what I'm talking about. Most of us have got one of those irregular people in our lives. We encounter them sometimes on a daily basis, a regular basis. Joyce Landruff had one in her life. Been going on for some time and she had an absolute blow up with this family member over a wedding situation. She was going all over the country speaking about irregular people and talking about other things with James Dobson. And she wrote a note to James and said, "Um, hey, look forward to seeing you. And by the way, I had an encounter with my irregular person. And... It's been pretty painful. She wrote, he wrote her back and said, Joyce, I am more convinced every day that a great portion of our adult effort is invested in the quest for what becomes unreachable in childhood. The more painful the early void, the more we are motivated to fill it up later in life. Your irregular person never met the needs that he should have satisfied earlier in your life. And I think that you're still hoping that he will miraculously become what you never thought he has been. Therefore, he constantly disappoints you, hurts you, and rejects you. I think you will be less vulnerable to the pain when you accept the fact that he cannot or never be able to provide the love and empathy and interest that he should. It is not easy to insulate yourself in this way, but it hurts less to expect nothing than to hope in vain. He goes on to say this. This person is blind to your needs. He's unaware of the hurts behind the instances and the disinterest in your accomplishments. His handicap makes it impossible for him to perceive your feelings and anticipation if you cannot accept him as a man with a permanent handicap, one which will probably uh, leave you vulnerable. You will shield yourself from the ice pick of rejection. What he's saying is, a lot of times those irregular people in our lives, those people who have been hurting us and hurting us continually and have a pattern doing that, there's a likelihood they're not going to change. So what do we do with that? 
Leslie Parrott, who was teaching at a university, one day received a scathing letter from a young lady who was in one of his classes. He couldn't figure out who it was that was, would be writing him this scathing letter. But he contacted the registrar and went to his office and he brought her folder into the room, opened it up and showed a picture of who the girl was and immediately Leslie recognized who this lady was. For the year before, she had been involved in a diving accident and was paralyzed from the neck down. She was critical and hurting of most anybody she came in contact with after that incident. Those who pushed her wheelchair, those who opened the door, professors, she told him he was insensitive to her needs. But then he came to this conclusion. I really don't know what my attitude might be if I were forced to cope with the same kinds of physical problems that she had. It's not an excuse. We need to buckle up and take care of what's going on in our lives. But maybe it helps us understand where people are. Hurting people hurt people. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? The angry driver who screams at us in the early morning traffic jam. The impatient on-site worker with us that we can't please. The spouse who is continually in small, what may seem insignificant ways is belittling us all the time. We can't measure up. Whenever anyone lashes out at us with hurtful words or attitudes rather than striking back, we need to ask ourselves, what in the world could be causing this to take place in their lives? It must be very difficult for some to be dealing with people all day with the hurt and tremendous pain they have in their life. And we need to ask ourselves, and we need to ask of those around us that might be our irregular person, when is the hurting going to stop? I'd say, secondly, we need to recognize that when we hurt, it may affect how we respond to others. When we have all of this bottled up inside of us, we have all of this pain, we have all of this stress inside of us, it can come out in ways that is not very productive. According to Pastor John Ortberg, one of the most common terms used today among psychiatrists is LFT, which stands for Low Frustration Tolerance. Many Americans, even Christians around the world, are just waiting to explode. Do you hear what I'm saying? It didn't take much to set them off to get frustrated, to get angry, to just blow off on somebody else, just happens to get in their way. They've allowed circumstances and 
situations and schedules and people to crowd out their ability to tolerate any kind of frustration. And for this reason, they're living on the edge and quickly erupt with anger when frustrations arise. Anger is a feeling that makes your mouth work faster than your mind. Some of us are in that group. LFT. Low frustration tolerance. It doesn't take much to just set us off, to get us going in the wrong direction, especially when we're tired, especially when we're feeling down about ourselves, especially when we've had a bad day. We need to examine ourselves and ask ourselves, why are we acting this way? Is this what God would have us to be and do? We are causing untold damage to those around us, especially to those we love, to those that we depend upon. Some may be saying, why in the world are you going there today, preacher? Because it is, has invaded our world. It's caused us to be angry and hurting and painful one to the other. And if we read this scripture, it's very clear what God would have us to do and be. Finally, we need to see that the only way that we can uh, heed this command that's given to us in this scripture is to love like He has loved us. That means that we surrender to His Spirit. Now, without answering back to me, if you could have changed this flaw or this weakness or this particular thing in your life, like snapping your fingers, you'd already done it, wouldn't you? If that person who has been hurting to you and been causing you conflict and difficulty, if they could have changed that, that doesn't change a long time ago. You've told, it, you told them, you pointed it out to them, you let them know how it is. They still haven't changed. We need to have a desire in our heart to change, but let me tell you something. I truly believe this. We can't change one another. I can't change you through one sermon, but I can tell you who can change you. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. As we trust in Him, as we rest in Him, as we lean upon Him, Jesus, it wasn't His persona, His temperament, that He went around and just lashed out at people all over the place. He got mad sometimes, people using the temple the wrong way, and people who were trying to use religion wrongly, and He was always jumping on the Pharisees and Sadducees because... He didn't like what they were doing. They were fake, hypocrites. But Jesus didn't go about demeaning folks because of their lifestyle. Even on the cross, He forgave those who were His persecutors. He showed them that it was possible to love your enemy. How can we ever live like that? I want to say two things. First, we need to surrender our lives. Uh, to our hurts, to Jesus Christ. Most of us have scars that no one else can see. We may have gone a whole lifetime and never shared those scars and that pain and that hurt that we have upon our heart. 
And under stress, under pressure, when we're fatigued, those scars reveal themselves and a lot of times inappropriate behavior. We need to surrender those hurts to Jesus Christ. We need to pray, Lord, cleanse me from all of these unhealthy emotions that keep me from being the person that I need to be in my family and community and the workplace and the church and as a servant of God. Secondly, we need to ask Him to really come into our hearts and to live there, not just a one-time event but on a daily and regular basis. If you're not allowing Christ to live in your heart on a regular basis, this will be a problem for you day in and day out that you'll not overcome. It's a good prayer to just say, Lord, help me on this day to be all that I can be in the midst of all my failures and all of my pain and all of my troubles. Oh, Lord, override that. Overwhelm me with your Spirit. And, oh, Lord, help me to be more than I presently am. We need to do that on a daily and a regular basis to allow God to penetrate our hearts and our lives. You see, you and I can have the same joy that Christ has for us. Understanding that hurting people hurt people, isn't it true, you and I, when we surrender our hearts to Christ, that He's always there to hear our cries, to understand our pain, to understand our difficulties, the tension between uh, those sometimes who are asking the question, why? I quit asking that question a long time ago. I don't know all the whys. Only God Himself knows them. A lot of times people say to me, well, there's a why, and we're trying to figure out that why. I don't know we know that on this side of heaven. That's where faith comes in, isn't it? And we're able to proclaim my Redeemer liveth. Philip Yancey, in his research for a book that he did, interviewed many hurting people. He discovered that those who got bogged down asking why while they were still suffering, did not cope nearly as well as those who simply recognized that suffering exists and trusted their lives to God. Other researchers have made the same discovery. This side of heaven, we will never know the answer to why, but we can know the loving care of our Heavenly Father if we entrust our lives to Him. Pastor Richley Exley says we can do one of two things with our hurt. We can make it into a shrine. And we can lament that. And we can allow that to exhibit itself in ways that are not Christ-like. Or we can turn it into a sacrifice of praise. Let me ask you something this morning. Do you believe that we worship a God who can use anything that's happened in our lives for His glory? Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe God can take the worst situation 
as he took with Ben Hooper and he turned him into a governor. A situation in which many people had just gone over the corner and laid down and died. God is able to take our situation, whatever it is. You see, every single one of us here this morning, we've got a story to tell. We don't need to be embarrassed about our story. We need to embrace that and know that Jesus Christ has come into this world to give us salvation, to give us grace, and that whoever we are and wherever we've come from, that's okay. Has anybody here come from a perfect situation? I want to talk to you after the service. I haven't encountered that person in ministry yet. And there's people walking around with their head down and they don't really believe that God not only can save you, but that He can give you a life and He can take whatever you've gone through and He can use it for His glory. And we need to trust in Him to be able to do that. I believe that. I've experienced that. And I've seen it in many, many lives in ministry. There's no excuse for not trying to be who God would have us to be. He calls each of us on this very day to not ever understand everything, but to trust in Him with those who have hurt us and those that we have hurt. But I want you to answer that question in your own mind sometime today. When is the hurting going to stop? And I hope that you can answer today. I've given it enough of my time and energy, negative time and energy. I've hurt enough people. I'm tired of lashing out at folks. I'm tired of being angry inside and outside all the time. I'm tired of not having the salvation of my joy. I, it's time for me to move forward and to be a child of God and to celebrate that in this world that I'm living in. It's time to stop hurting. Do you believe that? Embrace that this morning. There will come a time when God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And those who have suffered will be released and we will see God's plan unveiled in its glory, and we'll rejoice eternally in what God has done on our behalf. Only as we take our hurt and pain to God will we heal and then stop hurting. Release your hurt and pain to God and trust in Him. Amen. God bless you on this day. And I hope that each of us, with all the strength that we can muster up, will rest in the Lord, will trust in Him for our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. And we'll live a better life if we'll do that. Would you stand please as we have a closing word of prayer together? Heavenly Father, we thank you that 
we can come in a time of worship. That we can set aside this time in our week to be able to seek you out. We have so many challenges. We have so many obstacles. And I'm sure there's at least one here today or that hears my voice that may be saying, you know, Pastor, you're preaching to me this morning. You have no idea the hurt and pain that I have in my life. You have no idea how I'm trying to get rid of that. You have no idea how that irregular person has entered my life and it's caused me pain all my life. And I carry it with me on this morning. Lord, may we be willing to say, I want to release it. It's time for me to get rid of it. It's time for me to claim Christ as my Savior and as my Lord. And part of that Lord peace is that we give over all that is hurting us to Him. That we can move forward, that we can be productive, that we can change the world. Lord, help us just to pause and ask you on this morning to forgive us of our sins. Where we've come up short and that you'll give us an extra measure of grace and strength to be able to do the work we need to do and help us, Lord, that we don't get stuck in life with those people who have hurt us or are presently hurting us. But that we'll be a Christian that can be modeled because we've listened to God's Word and we follow in His footsteps. And we make this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.